อบสักทีเข้าใจสอบในสักทีเราจะเฮ้ว้าวสอบในสักทีเข้าใจสอบในสักทีเราจะลาลิกาลกว่าเสอากีจันเยบีตะเฮเยบับบะเซติราตุกันเนอาเจกิเมลาสังอีเอเสกิตันฮันโซจเกสังกีเนคุตามาอุซามบอกสีฮิบะกันเนอวอลกันแม่อิสระบาสอบตอนตะกันแม่อูจะลาแม่ซาวบอกสมุดตาฮีแม่สอบเสียอาเกแม่อาจารย์ดีแม่เห็นเดสตานีแม่วอกแอนโรไฮไกส์เวลคัมทูฟิวเจอร์ซาวด์ออฟเบงกอลเอพิโซดทูวีฮัฟทูเดย์วิดัสอินเดอะสตูดิโอเดอะวันแอนด์ลูนลีนอบารุนบอชไฮนอบารุนฮาวอายูดูอิงไฮอัมกูดโซฟาร์โซกูดฮอปยูร์เวลยัสทั้งส์ฟอร์อัสกิงอัมดูอิงกรีทโอเคโซนอบาวีอาร์คันด์ออฟคอนเนคติ้งอัฟเตอร์ฮาวแมนียูส์ไอทิงอิสเบนอะราวน์15ปีส์ย่า15ปีส์ไรท์ไอทิงโซย่าอัลโมสต์2เดกาดส์ย่าลอร์ดัสลอร์ดัสเชนจ์ในในที่สองเดกาดส์โอเวียสลีย่าสินดีดแอคชูลีไวล์ไอวอสคัมมิ่งเฮียร์ทูเดย์ในไมค์คาร์ทิสอินเทอร์เพลสทิสอินเทอร์เนเบอร์ฮูดฮัสเชนจ์ซ์โซมัชในเดลัสต์15ปีส์ที่ยูโนไอ I was quite surprised. I, I didn't know what to think, whether to be happy about it or sad. I mean, I am obviously happy that this is. It, it looks very nice that that this entire neighborhood right now. There are a lot of new apartments and stuff. But I'm also a little sad that this is sort of a realization that we are getting old. Yes, we are getting old, and <laughs> I think a lot of flats have happened, which is a general thing. Obviously, yeah, uh, yeah, it's yeah. not only to this neighborhood, but. Lot of flats. We are getting nuclear. You know, yeah, that is what is, has happened. And uh, but musically, I think we have become more global, right? Previously, yeah. right now, Jaise, what kind of music we used to kind of listen to and the kind of stuff uh, we used to do, I think uh, what uh, it has helped over the years the connectivity. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And everything that has there's know, a lot of exposure nowadays, which was not there, you know, 15 years ago. Uh, you know, we had to, you know, actually look for the discographies of our favorite bands, and you know, we had to go to certain places like Free School Free Street, Free School Street, right? Yeah, right, right. and we used to buy those cheap pirated CDs because nothing else was available at those point of time. Correct, correct. But now, actually, there is so much of exposure. You can actually go online on any streaming service and listen to all the songs made by your favorite artists, which is a great thing, I would say. Absolutely. क्या नाम था वो बंदे का छोटू 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 शॉप इज स्टिल छोटू आई डोंट नो आई हैवन बीन देर इन अ लॉन्ग टाइम इट्स प्रॉबेबली स्टिल देर बट वॉट आई हर्ड यू नो 
three or four years back that he's sending mm-hmm. a lot more he's selling a lot more merchandise these days like mm-hmm. t-shirts and mm-hmm. mugs and mm-hmm. stuff like that but I don't think people buy a lot of CDs uh, anymore ah, from CD there because so, yeah. those are anywhere available right now correct 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 now I remember ke, uh, a lot of t-shirts Lot of, I used to have a lot of black yeah. t-shirts and some band ka t-shirts right. and from there I used to get and if you see here I still have these posters yeah. and all yeah. around I don't know if the camera can point out here because today I am operating a uh, one man show here so but still you know I, I'm sure we'll, we'll kind of show that uh, uh, one day but yeah coming back to uh, you know coming back to the origins so now we'll start right now so uh, i'm sure you know uh, our viewers know who you are uh, however uh, you know when nova was not a music producer and a music director he started uh, very early with his music and uh, i know a bit of it and won't kind of say i know everything about that uh, what i know is that uh, kind of uh, the part of the bangla band circuit and everything when he used to kind of play with his band called lokayat from right. there i knew him so yeah so navarun if you can just uh, tell us something about your journey yeah since we you know started this entire conversation with a trip down memory lane i mm-hmm. think we can stay then in that lane for some time more yeah yeah uh, so you, you, even you know that, that 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 time when we were you know growing up we were uh, fresh out of school in college at that point of time uh, the bengali rock music scene was so popular here i mean you could switch on the radio channel and every hour at least three or four new band songs w- would be played you know mm-hmm. uh, i mean i remember the first time i heard fossils was on the radio uh, in in a show called dilse uh, by jimmy tengri which used to happen i, I think yeah. uh, mm-hmm. in the saturday evening so th- there's this fm boom that happened at that point of time lot of private fm channels grew up and uh, the bengali band music was really popular and it was inspiring a lot of young people like us you know who were musicians and uh, who had friends who were musicians to form bands mm-hmm. so uh, I even I started you know this journey with a band called, uh, actually at that point of time I was uh, my first band was Nishkromon actually and then uh, oh, I was yeah. a part of a band called Lokayat mm-hmm. and we used to go to a lot of competitions and and there would be a lot of fests happening at that point of time you and your band Unix were almost a mm-hmm. part of every competition that we used to go to because we were contemporaries yeah yeah so uh, mm-hmm. so yeah uh, I started off as a fully a band person uh, a guy uh, you know who loves music and who loves rock music uh, like many of us at that point of time and uh, yeah that's that's how i pretty much started this journey with the keyboards and uh, then eventually when i got a little more serious about uh, this music i decided to take some serious lessons so i started taking lessons from savida and then later on i went to indrola and uh, while i was learning from uh, savida shobhik gupta who who is also a very well known music director <laughs> now uh, at that point of time savida used to send me uh, for different studio sessions which he would be missing out on probably he has some other work that day so but a studio session has come up so he would send me and in that way i started gathering you know knowledge about studio recordings and how to play in the studio there's a lot of difference in the way you approach playing music 
in the in a live scenario and the way you approach music in a studio scenario so i started learning those little things while i was still in college so gradually i became a part of other different bands like colors and uh, eventually uh, crystal grass and i used to play at some places uh, for quite some time for quite a few years so all of these things gr- contributed you know to the sense of production and the sense of you know music that i bring to the table now okay that's uh, great to hear uh, just just a bit inquisitive uh Uh, did you have any kind of indian uh, classical roots or anything in indian kind of uh, contemporary kuch roots yeah, because see actually mm-hmm. i've come from a family where music is very much appreciated my mother is an indian classical singer mm-hmm. vidushi suranjana bose mm-hmm. uh, and so i grew up in a house where music was happening almost all the time because my mother used to have a little music school uh, on the mm-hmm. uh, first floor of our house and uh, regularly she would hold classes almost every day and so uh, you know i pretty much grew up listening to classical music uh, all the time in my house and when i was very young i also took lessons from my mother and when i grew up a little uh, i started learning the sitar uh, okay yeah i started learning the sitar from pandit kushal dash okay and uh, i took lessons for for quite a few years actually around 5 to 6 years uh, but eventually at that point of time i i was very restless and i was i was a very restless kind of a child and uh, at that point i was also bitten by the bug of rock and roll so eventually i i wanted you know i could relate more to the sound of distortion and the sound of heavy drums playing so gradually uh, around uh, the ninth standard i think i started uh, you know feeling this need for playing some kind of a western instrument so that i can play rock so because i was crazy about rock music at that point of time i i mean mm-hmm. at our place this was um, kind of uh, there was a very contradictory thing going on because if you went into our house on the mm-hmm. ground floor you would hear these beautiful melodies being sung by my mother students they were probably doing a rivaz on uh, yaman or you know bhairav and as you moved up the house you could start hearing distortion and you can start hearing nirvana and metallica and guns and roses mm-hmm. and things would start getting a little chaotic as you moved to the second floor of the house so uh, that was there and uh, Uh, so uh when i started uh, playing the keyboards it was my grandma actually my grandma uh, used to spoil me she used to completely <laughs> spoil me she used to appreciate she i i remember that uh, the first time i got hold of a video concert it was eagles hell freezes over i i actually uh, went to my grandma and told her that look at this thing this is so beautiful and i used to share you know things with my grandma and uh, so after uh Uh, my 10th standard after the 10th board exam my grandma said that okay i i'll buy you a keyboard so i got my first casio which was a gift from my grandma and i started teaching myself basically initially because i had a basic understanding of scales uh, because i had learned uh, indian music for quite some time so I, i had a basic understanding of scales so i started by you know picking up songs uh, i would 
try to pick up everything that you know I would hear the first song that I picked up was probably everything I do by Brian Adams mm-hmm. uh, and then followed by Summer of 69 and, and all those you know all those songs that we used to listen so dearly during mm-hmm. our youth so uh, eventually when I got into college uh, so I joined the college band and eventually I uh, you know met a lot of new people who were like-minded and uh, eventually I started working towards you know being part of different bands and things started happening so as as i was just saying you know our own you know the uh, kind of keyboard that we have that is a 20 year old keyboard and that is also you know uh, that came from my was was a gift basically by my grandmother <laughs> so i think you know our grandmothers had uh, uh, have spoiled us somewhere and uh, that is very important to have that support also na no? when you are right. kind of starting off absolutely that's very important that that support is there uh, from the family itself agar wo nahi ho uh ke i don't think that you know we'll be able to kind of do True. what we do right True. that initial that push so yeah yeah you know uh, that's that's great to hear <laughs> so i and i also remember the reason that stuck to me the reason i kind of asked you regarding that uh, indian kind of uh, root is because we kind of did work if you remember doordarshan mein kuch tha na oh you right, remember right, right that was yeah 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 that youth adda a kuch ek ek jo chila that was a chat show for yeah. budding musicians yes yes <laughs> yeah so from there most probably i had gone to your place also to right, right, say right, i remember right, yeah. that amar ekhon mathay asho so yeah 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 on our ground floor there was this entire room filled with tanpuras ah, and sagras so that is and the reason it just stuck me right you know from there right. so yeah so finally uh, the rock bug kind of hit you <laughs> yeah and you were working with nishkromon so nishkromon yeah. uh, if i remember correctly nishkromon is uh, you were there shiru uh, was there shikhar yeah. the uh, right aro do tin jon chila atreo was there Atre- who is unfortunately hmm. not with us anymore hmm, 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 and prashunda was the vocalist prashunda. okay right, right. so you started from there and then you kind of got into uh, yeah then i got into lokayat lokayat yeah, okay. with raja and sujoy hmm, korak was there korak was there wahan pe bhi hum log ka jam hua tha korak ka i remember we had kind of done a lot of stuff actually uh, mm. that's that's one thing you know we me you uh, we have grown up in a neighborhood which mm-hmm. has a lot of musicians right, right so yeah that is something which has also contributed probably because you know we didn't have to look very far to find like minded people and like minded friends who would right. want to jam mm-hmm. who were open to jamming because at that point of time you know since uh, thing music was not that readily available mm-hmm. everywhere so it was very necessary to have friends who would be mm-hmm. you know like-minded uh, people when it comes to music because we w- used to share a lot of music <laughs> used to share a lot of cassettes and CDs right. you know right so yeah oh, that is uh, i think that actually helped the scene was actually very growing at that point of yeah, time and that absolutely. helped a lot of musicians and you know uh, to kind of uh, do the things so what would you consider that you know kind of you were uh, and this is also uh, a question i will kind of ask you uh, to understand uh, how you operate personally also ke uh, like 
when did you kind of decide that i have to do music i will do music so uh, we are kind of fooling around with music we are pick playing around with friends and everything that's something else but when uh, did it occur or like when did it actually kind of occur to you can may ye kar sakta ho full time and all that i want to do this yes since uh, you see since my mother was a full time professional musician mm-hmm. uh, she had been very worried when i had initially i was becoming so serious with music that i was you know cutting class to go for concerts or studio work uh, so she was starting to get a little worried because she could see the you know the insecurity and Uh, the you know things that come with the profession i mean there's a lot of good things but there are a lot of things that we don't really talk about the profession like things uh, one of the primary things is that the insecurity you don't know that uh, you can earn a lot of money on one month by doing a lot of gigs and a lot of you know studio pro- projects probably uh, but the next month you might not have work because there might not be concerts happening or or you know you just might not have work so that is something that is there uh, so my mother was very worried that if i uh, choose music as a profession then there's going to be a lot of issues so so initially she tried a lot that uh, you know she tried to explain to me that do something uh, which is you know conventional in terms of earning money and do music parallelly and th- that way you'll also get to do only the form of music that you like to do mm-hmm. so uh, Uh, so initially that was something that uh, was in me that probably i will do music as something as a side project and have some other job uh so when i got into college i was a part of various bands and i was playing a lot of gigs uh, doing a lot of shows so towards the end of college there was this time when uh, campusing started happening i was in presidency and i was mm-hmm. studying english mm-hmm. so uh, a lot of uh, newspaper uh, a lot of uh, newspapers were coming in to you know recruit ri- uh, journalists and content writers so uh, I sat for an exam for a very renowned uh, newspaper for the job of a sub editor and okay. uh, I also cracked the exam. Wow. But when the interview happened then I was t- told that uh, the job of the sub editor would begin a little late in the day towards the evening and you might have to work all night. Mm-hmm. So that is when it struck me that when I'm when am I going to rehearse then when am I going to rehearse mm-hmm. with the band when am I going to you know make my own music if if I am like working all evening and all night and um, then the next day I'll be sleeping all day probably so when am I going to make music and especially it bothered me that the job is in the evening so I eventually you know sort of shunned that off because I wanted to do music and then I started thinking that what can I do so that I can continue doing music so eventually I you know circled zeroed in on the profession of being a professor uh, of being a teacher so uh, because I also really loved uh, what I was studying I, w- I was absolutely loving studying literature in college so I uh, I would love to teach and in that way I would uh, get the evenings free this was the initial plan so I did my masters and uh, I was also preparing for net when the Anupam Roy band happened mm-hmm. uh, around 2010 
অনুপম দা হিজ ফার্স্ট সং হ্যাড রিলিজ এট দ্যাট পয়েন্ট অফ টাইম আমাকে আমার মতো থাকতে দাও উইচ ওয়াজ এ হিউজ হিট অ্যান্ড অ্যান্ড হি ওয়াজ অ্যাকচুয়ালি ওয়ার্কিং ইন ব্যাঙ্গালোর অ্যাট দ্যাট পয়েন্ট অফ টাইম হি ওয়াজ এ পার্ট অফ টেক্সিস ইনস্ট্রুমেন্টস অ্যান্ড হি ওয়াজ দেয়ার অ্যান্ড সো হি ওয়াজ হি ওয়াজ স্টার্টিং টু গেট আ লট অফ গিগস অ্যান্ড a lot of work uh, a lot of music direction work as well so he was looking to start a fresh band you know who would be there with him uh, throughout the live concert scenario mm-hmm. as well as be there with him in the studio for production of his songs so that that's when he got in touch with me and we around 2010 uh, around 2011 i remember yeah it was february 2011 that we did our first show and uh, eventually uh, we started getting really close as band members and a uh, chemistry started happening and we started recording together and playing uh, concerts together all this while i was also teaching as a guest lecturer in a college okay uh, so parallelly i was doing music as per the plan and also studying for net then uh, onupamda told me that uh, you know that uh, why don't you start producing music because uh, you are into arrangement and you are into a bit of programming so why don't you start uh, you know producing music uh, then i can then we can you know then you can also arrange uh, some of my film music and you know as a brand we will as a brand and a band we will have more credibility so uh, eventually i st- started uh, making a little home setup and started producing music for onupamda so within 3 to 4 months i saw that i was getting so busy i was getting so busy with the with work with studios and also juggling shows at the same time that all my cls all my leaves were slowly getting over <laughs> in college so uh, yeah one day uh, so after like teaching for around a, a year i went to the college and gave my resignation and that was the point that i realized that i would do only music for a living and uh, nothing else because uh, see this is something that i realized at that point if you are doing studio work as well as live gigs then it will get a little difficult for you to do something else when you you might be also missing out on a lot of family gatherings and a lot of reunions mm-hmm. and a lot of mm-hmm. meeting up with friends because mm-hmm. you have already given all your time and all your focus to music mm-hmm. so uh, that was the point i think around 2011 yeah when i realized that i would not want to do anything else but music okay so how did it feel when you like put down the resignation <laughs> how did it feel yeah see uh, it definitely felt like you know ending a chapter ending a chapter but again uh, there's this this is line from a bon jovi song that every new beginning is some beginnings end <laughs> so yeah so that's what i thought at that point of time so i thought just okay i'll give my best to this i'll give my best to the music production and i'll do what it takes to you know uh, become a better live musician <laughs> so so yeah that's that okay so you know we we, we covered a lot in in just uh, in the beginning some of these questions so I will pause and ask you some specific things I have in mind or else okay. once we get into the flow we'll miss it out. So my first question would be uh, since you come from an English literature background uh like you know this is something I I ask uh, I you know all my guests that uh, 
if there is any book or if there are two to three books that you gift to people what are uh, you know those books and why maybe or maybe if it's some uh, book you won't even mention you can kind of uh, you know go ahead and uh, do that um yeah see uh, that's one thing that since my childhood i have really loved to read mm-hmm. uh, i was a, i was quite introverted as a kid mm-hmm. i did not have a lot of friends and i was not a very good athlete mm-hmm. uh, so uh, I, i but i would read a lot i would you know love to draw and music was there so uh, since my childhood i have been a huge fan of satyajit ray's writings mm-hmm. i mean the entire world knows him as a filmmaker but we all know that his short stories and his stories are amazing amazing mm-hmm. they are a window to a lot more than they present themselves to be mm-hmm. so, uh, and i was also in a school uh, patu bhavan uh, Patovavan always encouraged a lot of reading uh, in mm-hmm. storybooks especially okay. and uh, Satyajit Ray was also a very part of a very intrinsic part of that entire ethos of Patovavan because uh, uh, he was one of the first you know parents of Patovavan Sandeep Ray was one of the first students of the school mm-hmm. and the logo of Patovavan was also uh, drawn by Satyajit Ray so okay. um, in our school there was this uh, The, these conversations regarding Satyajit Ray's stories used to happen a lot, and uh, since my childhood, I was I have been a huge fan of his writing. Uh, many of his short stories, like uh, you know Onkar Sir, Golapi Babu, or Tipu, uh, stories like Shadhun Babu, Shondeho, or Khogom, uh, for that matter, Rathun Babu or Sheilokta. All these stories are amazing and. Uh, and feluda obviously obviously the entire feluda series since as i said this since i was more of an introvert as a child mm-hmm. uh, feluda had sort of become like a brother i never had because you you see in those feluda books you you had a lot of information about a lot of things if they would go to a place there would be a lot of uh, dialogue about that place where feluda would explain that and and he was also a detective who was primarily written for children so uh stories by satyajit ray that that's one of the primary influences uh, and um, i still do gift uh, you know satyajit ray's books to a lot of people a lot of my friends a lot of juniors okay uh, the second book that uh, has changed a lot of my perspectives and it still keeps on changing perspectives is the mahabharata uh, hmm. i think this is something that uh, everyone will agree to anyone who delves into the mahabharata will agree to the fact that there is no end to delving into it the more you delve into it the more your perspectives change and you start so uh, uh, the way it began i would tell you uh, see since when we are children we are taught mahabharata as very black and white you know th- these characters are good these characters are bad and eventually we make our own judgments regarding that but as you grow up and if you delve into the books like the first real uh, i mean the first detailed mahabharata that i read was uh, rajshekhar bosu's uh, iteration okay. mahabharat the fat red book mm-hmm. so and i eventually started realizing that the way it's been written no characters are all bad or no characters are all good there there are a lot of gray happening over there so you start uh, 
hating a character because something he has done but eventually the story progresses and something happens then you start gaining empathy for that character also so uh, the book you know constantly encourages you to question your own perspectives and your choices and which is which helps you to delve deep into you know your own understanding of things which is uh, uh, which is very necessary i would say and uh, eventually uh, i started delving into the different adaptations of mahabharata like you know uh, like anand nilakanthan's uh, uh, the two two part book the rise of kali and uh, the role of the dice and the rise of kali where it's written from duryodhan's perspective or you have palace of illusions where it's written from uh, draupadi's perspective mm-hmm. so um so the mahabharata is something that that's immensely interesting to me and uh, you know it's it's something that you know keeps on keeps on you know stimulating your brain cells if you think about it so it has to be mahabharata one of the major influences for me and uh, another book uh, that i would like to mention is hamlet yeah uh, since i come from a literature background i we used to study a lot of shakespeare in college and uh, uh, macbeth was uh, obviously one of my favorite tragedies but i read read hamlet much later when i was doing my masters and hamlet actually opened a window for me into a lo- into a into the entire world of literary theory uh, you know and i started reading uh, kafka and albert camus and uh, tried to interpret macbeth uh, from a psychological as well as a political perspective and and so that's another book which keeps on you know stimulating your brain cells the more you think about it so yeah so i would say these are three of my major influences when it comes to reading super super and if you see on your left you see upar mein there's the mahabharata illustrated upar ah. mein mahabharata <laughs> yeah. illustrated is there right. obviously you know mahabharata has a lot of influence in my life specifically i will say the gita yeah you know that is so yeah that's another thing i would love to mention see mm-hmm. uh when this entire actually i wanted i was in a very very bad situation in my life at one point of time and uh, i had just chanced on the geeta one day <laughs> and uh, the way it reads uh, see uh, a lot of people used to tell me that you know uh, if you read the geeta krishna speaks to you so uh, i actually realized that for the first time while reading it that uh, you know that it happens the way it just chanced to me i mean i don't know whether it was chance or something else but i felt like i was arjun in a battlefield and i did not know what to do and i did not know how to fight and so the entire book felt like you know a counseling session for me mm-hmm. and that was the point when i realized that this is a part of a much later chapter of a much bigger story which mm-hmm. is the mahabharata and that was when i you know started del- delving into the mahabharata from the very beginning and going deeper and deeper into it super so so one more question now since we are talking on this this is getting interesting so uh, uh tell me so do you consider yourself a, a spiritual person or a religious person specifically yeah i am a spiritual person mm-hmm. uh, i cannot stress on the word religious much because you know this is something that i'll mm-hmm. say uh, it might mm-hmm. be a little controversial but mm-hmm. you know religion is a more 
I would say a fictionalized version of spirituality. So the spiritual ethos is something and when you're giving stories to the spiritual ethos and when you're explaining it through stories and through certain characters and Mm. you are thinking of those characters and those stories to be some kind of absolute in terms of your understanding of spirituality, probably that is religion, I would say. Mm. Uh, Yeah, I would say I am a spiritual person. Okay, okay, super. Uh, now coming a bit more uh, specific, uh, you know, to music. So you are a music producer. Just out of curiosity, just wanted to know what kind of you know uh, setup. As in, what is your like special door that you use uh, for the people who are not aware of what is a door? That is a digital audio workstation. And like, what is your basic kind of a rig? Uh, if I can't kind of understand, I'll get into bit bit of technicalities. Just yeah, sure. Uh, I. I mm-hmm. totally work on Logic Pro X. Okay. Uh, I have also worked in Cubase for a pretty long time, but over the last four or five years, I have been mm-hmm. totally working with Logic. Mm-hmm. Um, I have uh, a Yamaha Montage and uh, Cork Chrome mm-hmm. uh, as my two keyboards. And uh, I have a Microbrute Arturia for uh, some of my analog stuff. And um, my monitors are KRK Rocket 6. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that's pretty much it. Got that's the like it. almost dream setup here. KRK. <laughs> I, love, I love the KRKs. That is yeah, yeah, even me. obviously great. So, uh, when you lo- use like, Abhi, you're, you're kind of using Logic. Mm-hmm. Now, when you use Logic, uh, are you using uh, the kind of the samples in the logic itself or do you kind of uh, work on contact or complete yeah I, I try to use you know everything that I get mm-hmm. my hands on I try to use everything okay. uh, I use a lot of samples from logic I uh, use a I use a lot of live uh, textures from my montage and my mm-hmm. micro brute Arturia mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I use contact player. I also use a, a few sample banks like, you know, Splice and Arcade. Okay, so you, you use uh, Splice, you're, you're a regular user of Splice. Uh, I have used Splice from, mm-hmm. for some time, but mm-hmm. then uh, the subscription ended. Now I'm using Arcade for uh, mm-hmm. a few months, last okay. few months. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, uh, so I, I pretty much uh, use all the samples that I can get my hands mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah so if it sounds good to me I try to incorporate it okay it. Uh, so do you try to kind of I'm just trying to understand so what do you prefer more like since as a music producer and this mm-hmm. is a very specific question uh, as a music producer what do you prefer more like uh, to since there's you know kind of uh, availability of the vast kind of instruments or the sample libraries we have to kind of do it yourself or everything as in you know use these as your major kind of you know arsenal and work on it or uh, do you prefer kind of uh, getting people to play live and working as you're moving into you know music director Hmm. region also so what is the preference see uh it mostly depends on the kind of work that I am doing mm-hmm. at that point of time, mm-hmm. uh, and it also depends on the budget to some extent. Right, right. So, uh, so see, primarily the sound that the kind of sound that I really prefer is a is a very you know very smooth balance between the organic sound as as well as the mm-hmm. electronic digital sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I uh, I try even. Uh, it, it mostly depends on the kind of uh, music that I'm creating at that point of time. So, mm. 
so very recently i i made a track called machine gun uh, mm-hmm. which is a which is actually an old uh, old folk song uh, mm-hmm. which has been recreated to you know uh, so in this song we used a lot of uh, diegetic sounds as well like the so- sound of a gunshot the sound mm-hmm. of water dripping the sound of uh, you know sirens and mm-hmm. cars and stuff and chopping them up and uh, creating some kind of a uh, uh, chopping them up in the context of a dubstep kind of a soundscape okay and at the same time using uh, indian instruments like komok and dotala mm-hmm. and srikol with that mm-hmm. so uh, so that's that's a kind of experiment that i really like you know creating a hybrid kind of a sound which is a good balance between the organic as well as the digital mm-hmm. and uh, i i really love recording musicians because uh, every time you're recording a musician uh, for even if it's for a song or a film score that person is bringing something exclusive to the table it it's right. something that is being played only at that point of time and it's exclusive i mean is the real sound of you know human emotions if if you can mm-hmm. uh, put Makes it that sense. way Makes so sense. i really love recording live musicians and uh, you know because it creates uh, a sense of unique sound uh, but at the same time it depends it depends on the kind of music that i am creating but personally i i am uh, the current kind of music that i like to produce is a good balance between the organic as well as the digital okay okay makes sense uh talking on this let's kind of talk about uh, a project of yours that is not that mainstream uh, people obviously know you from onum pomroy's band and uh, you know the stuff you've done with uh, crystal cross and all these things that you've done theek uh, hai but uh, let's talk about uh, your uh, current project uh, that is i'm talking about professor let's kind okay. of hear something about mm-hmm. that hmm. so the professor is a rap a metal outfit mm-hmm. so uh, um i primarily write and handle the vocal duties in this band mm-hmm. and uh, it's very much inspired by the bands that we grew up listening to bands like rage against the machine and limbiskit linkin park okay and oh, because i have always loved that sound the, that alternative new metal kind of sound mm-hmm. and i always wanted to do something with it so uh, this happened sometime around 2014 uh, or 15 i would say uh I I had been writing you know uh, sometimes I write uh, lyrics I mean when I am writing that I don't I don't really know you know whether they will become songs one day or whether they will be just poems or something but mm-hmm. sometimes uh, some lines come to me and I write them so um at that point of time a lot of uh, political turmoil was going on all over west bengal and uh, whenever you were opening the news channels there were newses of rallies and you know people beating up uh, people and there was a lot of violence that was going on so i had written a couple of songs uh, a couple of you know poems that i had that had come to me at that point of time so uh, my friend who's a drummer shondipon i uh, I showed him those lines and then eventually we started talking about it and uh we started jamming on an idea that what if I deliver those poems uh as you know 
as as some kind of a rap metal song hmm. so that's when the idea came about and eventually we started making songs and i started writing more uh, within this soundscape and then we eventually came up with the idea of wearing masks um, because uh, the lyrics as well as the kind of music that we were doing we were stressing a lot on the idea of defamiliarization i mean hmm. uh, showing things that you know in a not so familiar way so uh, that was another reason why we wanted to take uh, up the masks and the other reason was we were very much uh, have always been influenced by slipknot slipknot <laughs> that has always been there okay so yeah we brought some steampunk masks and we eventually started making songs so, so we have mm-hmm. an ep uh, which is called year 1 which consists of all the songs we wrote during the first year of our existence okay and a few new songs are also coming up uh, this year so let's see okay so we will be like waiting for that you know kind of hearing you guys live because i think uh, always since uh, you know uh, an artist has many sides to it so you know maybe your melodic side your uh, producer side has been kind of seen but this would be kind of right. delving the i the kind of photos i have seen and a bit of the music i think that you know that makes a lot of sense that you're kind of getting into that wo bhi hona chahiye na kahin pe to that's that's, uh, of, that's uh-huh. a major part of me actually yeah so i think that is something i'm really uh, kind of uh, interested in looking forward to uh, so no, now what we'll do is that since we are talking about your alternate kind of uh, projects is is there anything you want to kind of uh, play to us anything right now just uh, okay. the middle do you want to kind of koi gana jo pura mainstream bhi ho sakta hai doesn't matter but something you want uh, you know since this is future sound of bengal yeah, okay something that okay i'll take. sing a little bit of a song that uh-huh. i wrote you know uh, okay. Three four years back, I think. Okay. This is uh, this is a, a song which I interestingly, since we have been talking mm-hmm. about the Mahabharata, mm-hmm. this is a song we I wrote uh, right after reading Roll of the Dice and Rise of Kali, those two okay. books by Anand Nilakantan, which is Mahabharata from Duryodhan's perspective. So mm-hmm. uh, it's a very different kind of a Mahabharata that we have. It's okay. stripped of all those magic elements mm-hmm. and all. It's very hardcore uh, political. Since you mm-hmm. know Duryodhan was kind of a guy who used to mm-hmm. dismiss Krishna's magic as street magic mm-hmm. so it was a very hardcore political story and uh, is very well written of course mm-hmm. and uh, see uh, something which the book presents really fascinated me that uh, we know we all grew up listening to the pandava st- side of the story mm-hmm. because they won the battle so uh, গল্প লিখবে তারা যারা যুদ্ধ জিতবে দ্য পিপল হু উইন দ্য ওয়ার দে আর দ্য পিপল হু রাইট দ্য স্টোরিজ অ্যান্ড দ্যাট দোজ আর দ্য স্টোরিজ দ্যাট স্টে ডকুমেন্টেড সো দ্যাটস সামথিং উইচ সর্ট অফ ইন্সপায়ার্ড মি টু রাইট দিস সংস खुजे पाओते যদি বা ভুল যাও গোপনে শুনে নাও 
আমারে অন্ধকার তুমি নিপতে দিও না বস্তুপাতের চোখের চামড়ায় ঢাকবে লজ্জাকার যদি বা কারণে বা ব্যাকরণে মনে পড়ে যাবে হাজার অভিমান যদি বা খুঁজে পাও আমাকে ছুঁতে চাও আমার এই অন্ধকার তুমি নিপতে দিও না to hear more of you know of singing part of you also so i think wobi mm-hmm. is very important yeah i have been actually releasing a few mm-hmm. you know singles this year mm-hmm. one of them has come out already okay and i am planning to release a few more songs this year with the professor uh, mm-hmm. those are you know rap metal songs and also some non metal songs okay. uh, from my myself uh, those are scheduled to come out this year maybe uh, maybe towards the end of march or april we'll release the first track okay so with that what we'll do is right we'll uh, take a short break and we'll end our first part uh, and once we come back we'll have the part 2 of uh, navarun's episode or future sound of bengal a lot of questions i'm sure jam ek session to aur bhi chahiye one more kind of thing and yeah we'll come back with a quick break thanks